The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the marketing madman with Trip Job and Darren Rand on Extra 1063 FM. Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job here with you uh, this Saturday. And we got uh, frequent guest host Nick Constantino of uh, 680 The Fan and the Atlanta Braves Radio Network. I wish uh, we were still. Uh you know, talking about the uh, the Braves radio network and ongoing games, but uh, yeah, the wound is still a little fresh. Let's yeah. just let's just stop this topic now. The wound <laughs> the wound is way too fresh, so let's just let's just kill it now. We'll go right into uh, marketing and uh, maybe some other wounds that people are sure, talking about with sure. the elections and all. But hey, I saw um, a great article today or this week about uh, how businesses are looking at the economy and marketing and, and the uncertainty heading into twenty twenty two and. Um, you know, it's Forrester's uh, B2B marketing survey, which is a fantastic one. Um, and, you know, it said that most companies uh, were, I guess, 23% of companies were going to increase their reputation program by 10% or more next year. Yeah. Which I was fantastic. I hope that, you know, makes vague, its way vague, through. Vague, but fantastic. Yeah, but still, that, um, you know, people are seeing the opportunity to invest in brand and, and when we say reputation this is not you know um bottom of the funnel i mean this is truly you know putting your brand out there investing the money over a longer period of time yeah this is you know it's that it's that arm of marketing this is pr this is brand message this mm-hmm. is community these are all those things that you lean into you know and it's easy to do that if you've done them previously you're just marketing the things in which you've set yourself up to do um, especially if the bottom of the funnel is broken, then how do you create demand? You go back to lean back to the things at the top where, you know, again, what are you doing for the community? What is your local? If you're in Atlanta, for yeah. example, you should double down in Atlanta. Let people know that you're here. That's all part of that reputation management. And um, again, this applies the most to big companies, but don't think for a second that a small to medium sized company does not have a brand and a reputation because it's almost more important for those companies. Yeah. And I think, you know, a couple of things that come out and, and we tie in, you know, and there's, Number one, I guess before we even do that, whatever you do around your brand, make sure it's authentic. All right. So, you know, if you're if, if you're someone to your point who's deep in the community or you're about um, your employees or things like that, then be authentic about it. Don't try to sell something you think's hot if you really can't back it up. So for, for sure. And authenticity is really hard because if you try to be authentic, then you're not authentic. Like yeah. <laughs> it's just unfortunately the way it works that, you know, you have to be have a very strong top-down leadership with clear values aligned to be able to be authentic. Yeah. And there's a lot of disconnect from the top to the bottom to the people who are ultimately sharing the news and the people who are putting it out. Um, that needs to be a pretty pretty close communication line to do it the right way. Yeah. So um, one of the first things it talks about here says, you know, when times are tough, People go to places of safety, all right? So, you know, the ones that are familiar and they can trust. And, you know, I I think short-term timing-wise, you know, driving in here, listening, I mean, I think it's every commercial, two out of three these days right now are politics. And you're probably seeing it. I mean, I know the the station 
you know, you, look, it's we, a business we avo- part we have, for you, we too. We avoid it. Luckily, to a certain extent, we get to avoid it, um, mostly because we have the Braves and ESPN. So there's that topic change. We're not sneaking politics onto the Braves. So there's ways to avoid it. Right. But, man, you put on Hulu. You put on a podcast. I mean, ironically, our conservative news talk podcast, the number one advertiser is Stacey Abrams. So, you know, when I talk about disconnect yeah. or the oddness of it, I mean, if you're listening to a conservative news podcast, your chances of voting for Stacey Abrams are pretty much the same odds as getting struck by lightning while riding a shark. Right. I mean, it's that kind of odds we're talking about. And that how much money is being spent, it's insane. It's insane, you know, and I would guess from their their standpoint, they are looking at what 1% to 2% can they flip. And that's that's why they're probably spending all their money there. You know, they know that uh, they don't need to. Or they sent some. They sent some parameters on programmatic and have no idea where it's running. That, 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 that could, that could very much be. That's what happens yeah. when that money just falls from from the sky. You just kind of set some buttons and go. We who knows what's yeah. going on. But anyway, we'll save yeah. that conversation for a different episode. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, I guess where I was going with this is, I think if you look over the next six months, I think there's a tremendous opportunity. Again, if you've got a brand and and you are. Um, authentic in the community and all people and and it happened last election will be so over you know all the negative all the stereotype that you have an opportunity to stand out you know and you think about end of the year first of the year that um you know driving in looking at that idea that people go to places of safety and places they want to help in the community so think about that for sure. Yeah, I think that one, when, when politics ends, I think people leave before the election. I think that they they get so turned off. I mean, I know we had a couple of times where well, we were talking to listeners and it was like this old lady. And I'm like, what do you mean you listen to sports radio? She goes, well, I used to listen to WSB, but there was too much politics. So I listen to you guys now. Yeah. I'm like, OK. And it's just that I think people are just done with it now. Um, but, you know, when you talk about that, that place of safety, I think safety can be portrayed a lot of ways. Right. You know, you can be a point of safety because you've been around for a long time. Yeah. You can be a point of safety because your messages align with other people. But ultimately, they resort to the least risk and the most comfort in, in times of downturn. And I think those are hard things to portray from the beginning, out of nowhere. But if you focus on that from the top down, you can really succeed, especially through a recession and downtimes. Um, and usually those are the ones that do succeed. Well, the people who are just there for a quick ROI are the first ones to disappear. Because right. it is clear, if you're a company that's out for an ROI, it is very clear. You have greasy salespeople. Huh. You know, you, you, when your quotes, the quotes constantly change and they quote all these prices. The customer service is bad. You know, the, the people showing up are not the same people. So, Yes, I agree with you. And that point of safety is going to become more and more important. And reputation management is how to get there. Yeah, well, and I think some of that, if you're typically if you're out for that ROI, you're quick in, quick out. So you don't get the chance to build brand, which is really what we're talking about here. And that's where, you know, a lot of companies, um, they're focused on the top of the funnel. They just want acquisition, yep. you know, customer acquisition. And, and there's and nothing all. wrong with that. That's how most of this country was built on an ROI method. I'm just saying that right now, those will be the first to disappear. I yeah. think that that's what you could say because with, with, they don't have the strongest brands. And you're not looking for repeat customers usually. You're usually looking for that one-time customer, which it's very hard to get those in a downturn, to always get those new customers. Yeah. No. So, you know, a couple of things that... That, uh, we'll finish up with here is, um, you know, so what if, you know, the economy turns? Why should I keep going? And, uh, you know, a couple of the article, a couple of points in the article say, um, you know, when you c- cut your brand investment, you know, you risk um, b- 
because you've got that lack of awareness. And For we've sure. we've seen some studies in the past that it doesn't happen right away. Um, depending on you know how how established your business is and your industry, anywhere from three to six months is typically where you start to see um, you know decline in For awareness. Sure. You know, especially unaided awareness, um, which makes it harder to track too. Because if you don't feel it right away then you're always thinking, if you're an ROI-driven business, you're always thinking in the right now, right? right? Because you don't see it right then, you actually get worse and worse at it till when it finally kicks you. And that's something funny about advertising too, you know, at least for us, we find clients that, that have advertised with us for three or four years, you almost feel for the six months that they're not on, they're still advertising with us because that's right. how radio works. The brand is so strong and pervasive. Uh, then six months in, they go, uh-oh. And then that's when we get the call. And luckily, yeah. we were in a position where we're like, uh-oh, just went up 20%. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, so those first three months, they don't see a lot of change. Right. You know, the funnel stay is pretty pretty similar. And then maybe they start to see it at that four or five. The problem is, you know, it, it is a curve. It doesn't For just sure. bounce right back. But then it hits, it hits the floor quickly once you get to that six months, which is ironic because right. the, mo- the hardest thing we explain to people about advertising is it takes three to six months to work. So why would you not believe that it takes three to six months to stop working? Uh, it's unbelievable how true, tried and true those things are, but it's still the hardest thing to explain to people because they always want that instant gratification and that quick ROI. So it works both ways for sure. Yeah. So here's one of the ones I think is probably one of the biggest reasons to continue your brand um, during you know the downturn, and that is um, customer renewal and cross-selling opportunities. All right. When you when business does turn a little softer, um, not only are, are people more likely to fly to safety, but they also kind of consolidate. And so to me, this is the the great opportunity to look, you may have a business and and you're, um, you know, in in certain area services, but you're not selling everything you can. You know, usually as things uh, downturn, um, you have the ability, maybe it's a service crew or whatever, you're already on site. Sure. The ability for them to uh, start to do more for your clients is incredibly uh, good. you know, higher during a downturn than it is uh, when things are good. Yeah, you could also get more attention. I mean, one of the things I remember, we got so much more attention from our digital providers when the when COVID was going on, and that was because we were the only ones coming into the office. So, like, yeah. they were probably just dying to talk to somebody or work with somebody that we got so much attention at the exact right time. Well, you know, come 21, 22, when everyone's digging out of that, then everyone's calling and asking for the attention, so we just didn't get as much attention. So, you know, I don't know if it's luck or it was just being persistent, but um, it works. that's how it works, is that when recession, when they lose clients or they, they desperately have to hold on to clients, you will get more, you should get more from your service providers and from your people that you're working with. Yeah. And you want, you want to have that touch because um, when things start turning south, if look, um, whether it's advertising, okay, they haven't heard uh, on whatever channels they use, whether it's, you know, your general account management and uh, right. customer touch, right. um, the, first, the first businesses that go are the ones that are out of sight, out of mind. For you sure. know, so um, even if you don't have, maybe you don't have uh, as many of the salespeople to go out there and uh, to have that touch. Um, but if at least your brand is out on some mediums, if you're using your, you know, your monthly statements and things to create some type of brand sure. awareness, you've got the ability to at least stay in a customer's For mind. Sure. And, and, you know, again, we've had this conversation before, I think, but, you know, the bottom of the funnel is going to get more competitive because there's going to be less people looking for something, right? Yeah. This is B2B, this is B2C. It doesn't matter what it is. So the, the smart businesses will just reinvest in top of funnel branding, reputation activities, which will pay off when the next upswing comes. It's very 
very hard to think that way, and I get it because it's yeah. hard with your own finances. I mean, have you ever seen the retirement the, the re- retirement savings rate in this country? I yeah. mean, we're really, really, really bad at it. Uh, you know, we're, we're going into recession, yet every resort is filled for holidays. Like, these I things know. don't match. We're just, we have those same bad habits. The same thing applies to business. They want that instant gratification. Um, and ultimately, you will succeed if you continue to some capacity to brand and see, keeping all your money and cost per click or social media is not the answer in this part. part. Yeah. B2B or B2C, it doesn't matter. No, it's a great point. I also get to think about it. Yeah, it's, I mean, brand is your uh, retirement savings account and the, uh, you know, equity, your, man. It's, your, I mean, it's your, called your, equity for a reason. You're putting equity into it. You have to. Yeah, and uh, otherwise it's your 24%. Now, whatever credit cards are charging, <laughs> you know, pay now uh, or buy now and pay through the nose later. So anyhow. Yeah, they get you um, with that adjustable rate, right? Yeah, Starts so, at 18% and all of a sudden you're at 32%. Oh, it's market fluctuations. Hey. Well, you're paying your debt on what it is no matter what so yeah well uh, interesting topic we'll uh, we'll dive in a little more when we come back from the break and uh, you are listening to the marketing Mad Men on extra 106.3 and we'll be right back now back to the marketing Mad Men on extra 106.3 fm Welcome back. Uh, Trip Job here with uh, the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 and Nick Constantino with 680 The Fan and the Atlanta Braves Radio Network. You know, we were talking about uh, this Forrester uh, study, and one of the things we briefly hit on, kind of want to jump into, is the fact that uh, more businesses are thinking about investing in the brand uh, next year, even with the uh, potential recession. And one of the reasons is, you know, if you go the opposite way, which a lot of businesses do uh, during a recession, is um, there are risks in cutting brand event investments. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to, you know, maybe your marketing stays flat or you cut, but there's a difference between, you know, acquisition type cost and brand investments. Yep. And, and again, these the are long term impacts. You're not yeah. going to see these immediately. You may, and you may see some of them, but these are long term impacts, which, Again, you once you start feeling them, it is probably too late. And you're going to have to spend more money to make up the difference than you would have had you been proactive about it. Yeah, and so let's, let's kind of go through. The, uh, they kind of have five uh, key points here. And uh, the first one is, you know, you will see, eventually see sales decline um, due to the lack of awareness and, you know, maybe the wrong brand perceptions and an increased need for credibility and trust. And, you know, I've seen that in businesses I've either joined that, uh, you know, went through a period where, well, we had to cut back uh, on our brand. And, you know, what what happened a lot of times, it wasn't just the the customers, but these, you know, were B2B brands. Um, the salespeople, you know, I'd get out there and there would be five and six different messages. You know, the brand oh, yeah. had become different things because they had really gotten away from brand messaging. They'd gotten so into product that everything was about it's easy um, to sell product. a product it's hard to sell a vision right and a so vision is intangible it's easy to sell tangible things for a lot of people it's much harder to sell company vision much right. much much harder and so when i would go to dealers and I'd, I'd sit there and listen i mean there was there wasn't a brand message yeah and the dealers really weren't sure well oh yeah you, well they want me to sell this new product that was kind of the message and yeah. so that's why there's always i don't care whether it's good times bad times there's got to be a, a core percentage of your business that um, has your brand for awareness, but also for clarity of messaging and alignment. For sure. So, for sure. Uh, the second one here, I'm going to make a fantasy football analogy because yeah. I think we're getting to that time where somehow everybody's injured and the people who are paying attention <laughs> have decided whether they're going to make the. So, uh, you know, it's like when you play fantasy football, 
your only goal is to make the playoffs. Everything yeah. resets. And then once you're done and the playoffs are there, you're like, oh, I'm over this. I'm over it. Well, this is the same thing. Your brand doesn't make the shortlist anymore. So if you're not making the shortlist, when they pick three plumbers, you're not one of those three. So you've not even made it to the consideration set. So that's one of the other things it says is that you've been forgotten or people don't understand the brand or the values in which you do, right? And again, the top three, you might get one that squeaks in there that has good word of mouth reputation, right? But the other two have been marketed and marketed the right way with clear vision and concise of who they are and what they accomplish. So that is really one of the, you know, again, and that's going to ultimately affect sales. But if you're not making the short list anymore and you're not making it be one of the three or four that they call to even get the quotes, you're going to see that very, very quickly because that's not close, right? That's not, you're getting, you're not even getting leads anymore. So that's number two for sure. I love it um, because it's it's funny. Um, I'm, uh, I'm actually on my way. I'm going to meet up with uh, the organizer of our, our fantasy football league. And um, I played him this past week. And I think in the first five or six weeks, my record is horrible, but I've like scored the third or fourth highest every week. But unfortunately, I've played the highest score, the second highest score, of whatever, right? Um, well, this week, the two lowest scoring teams out of our, uh, I guess we have a 10-team league, um, were me and the guy I was playing, who's the organizer. I won by like eight points. I couldn't have beaten anyone else. The key is, which is really where you're going, when you're thinking about your brand and the awareness and the messaging, you have to understand who you're competing with and who your customers are. For sure. Not everyone else. And you're not going to win every time. That's exactly. a great fantasy football. You're yeah. not going to win every time. But if you win enough on the aggregate, you will succeed. I think, I, again, I don't know yeah. how we got there, but I think yeah. that's a, even, a, a, even a better point. Is, yeah. And that's why, I mean, we could talk, probably do a whole show combining fantasy football well, and marketing, but mental note yeah Yeah, but uh but no for sure i think what what about number three over here yeah so demand generation efforts produce less and require a higher investment because brand awareness has decreased that is is so cool this is a a doozy though this is that this is the truth for sure yeah i mean there's no question that um back to your point if if you have not been getting the brand out there there's a period of time that you know people are just out of sight out of mind they're not going to see it um you know it's the old how many emails do you have to have um, for someone to click on. Well, let's just say you're doing e- email marketing. Um, if you haven't been doing any brand for six months, you know, you probably, A, it's probably going to spam just because of the AI technology, sure. first off. For sure. Um, or then it's just like, uh, I don't, you know, yeah, I remember them, but, you know, you just kind of, you click it, you click it. Well, you're not getting the attention. Yeah, you you, to, if you're not getting someone's attention the first three milliseconds you're not getting someone's attention right. and if you're not top of mind they have no reason to remember you and again this is very subliminal yeah. and subconscious these are not conscious thoughts we're talking about most people's day to day they have much more subconscious thoughts than they do conscious thoughts so if you are not even made it to that consult considerations and that conscious set you are in, in in big big trouble and it costs way more money to dig yourself out of that than it would have to be proactively going through it exactly i mean it's the classic almost the exercise if you continue to do whatever minimal weight training for the whole year when you need to spike and peak for sure you can do it a lot quicker but if you take take months off and then try to go back and peak it just that's when you that's when you pull a muscle that's when you pull a hammy and it's not a fun experience all right how about number four all right so this is we've been talking about pretty much lead generation and new clients well what about current clients well that's one of the things your ability to upsell current clients cross sell your referrals your all those things that really at its core are different sorts of marketing those are the next ones to go. And if you can't upsell, if you're not getting referrals, if you're not getting secondary business from these people, then not only are you not generating new, but you're losing clients. And that's when yeah. you start to see the curve switch. Right now, 
you can probably, for a good amount of time, keep going upwards because yeah. you have new clients there. But once the new clients stop and you see the current clients fall off, that's when you start that downturn. And usually, unfortunately, that downturn is what makes people snap out of it and start marketing it again. But again, it's much more expensive now to dig back out of it because you just lost six months of equity. Yeah, no, I, I see a lot of people that, you know, they kind of wait and they say, well, Okay, now that uh, we're technically not in a recession, is it? Does that mean I should start marketing now? We've been technically do- in a recession for like six <laughs> months already, so I, I think we can throw that argument out the window. Yeah. And I don't think yeah. most people even know what it takes to be in a recession because it's so been so botched over the. But anyway, I digress. No, 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 absolutely. So okay, the last one they uh, they talk about here is that your category positioning. Um, really suffers and you're no longer viewed as a leader. And so we kind of talked about that. You know, Again, it can be alignment of messaging. Um, yeah. It can be just the fact that uh, out of sight, out of mind, you know, who are you these days? And sure. I think that um, especially if you're, let, let's say you're a premium brand. I mean, here's, here's the case where um, you never want to get out of sight, out of mind, and then have someone come back and put you in a different price bracket. For sure. Right now, I haven't been thinking about you. Are you still the? You don't even have to be a luxury band, but you can be a premium brand. You know, do you still? For um, sure. Do you still command a price premium or? For sure. Or, oh, now down. I'm now I'm comparing you with a commodity. For sure. And absolutely, during recessions, you want to be talking about all the. You know, going back to that trust and authenticity. Why your product commands that premium, For and sure. it may be. You know exactly that. Hey, this is a, a safer uh, product for your family to use for sure. And a great one here is automotive. And I will say oh. right now, Buick is the one that comes to mind of just having all kinds of problems. And yeah. it is because what the heck is the brand? It used to be the our old people drove, <laughs> and then I mean, and just all over the place. And the irony is they're making their best cars ever now. They're reviewed yeah. the best, but the only way they're winning is on price because they've lost that premier thing that that level that they were. So you're you're talking about a brand with pedigree history. That's making well-reviewed cars that can't sell them and has to discount because they've lost that pedigree that got them where they were, and it was probably because they had inconsistent brand messaging and unclear vision of who they were. People aren't buying a Buick when they go into recession, right? right? You're buying the Chevy because all of a sudden you're connecting with the American value and all these things in your head. The Buick's definitely the better car and probably a better value, but they lost that messaging somewhere. Well, and I and I think there's one other, and, and look, you never can be certain, but when you have ambassadors. I think the fact of Tiger Woods and the way he was injured driving, um, that did not do them any favors. That's not the whole reason, but it does impact your brand. For sure. And if you were a strong man, you could probably get out of that. Yeah. Right? But if you're a brand that was in that already in that crisis mode and just with all over the place, then I think it makes it that much harder. So I think, you know, this is a great segue because we're talking about just being a leader in your category. So Thought leadership, it's a funny, it's a funny word, right? Yeah. I mean, it's thrown around too often these days. Again, it's not everyone's going to have a different opinion of it. But really, thought leadership is not you wake up one day and be like, I'm going to be a thought leader. It's something developed over decades and over time. And really, all it means is people are following your thought and your lead on how they want to run their business, right? So if you're a car brand, Mercedes is a great example of yeah. thought leadership. Porsche is a great, they're going to spin that company oh. off for $30 billion. More, it's worth more than Volkswagen because of thought <laughs> leadership, because everybody aspired to be a Porsche, right? right? When they made a Corvette, they're like, we want to be a Porsche. Yeah. Everyone, that is, that is thought leadership. So I think it's I think things like LinkedIn and just the social nature of everyone and the books that are being written nowadays, it's it's almost fake thought leadership. They are saying what people want to hear. And and too many times, like LinkedIn is a great example. Look, yeah. I, I post all the time. This is probably going to be on LinkedIn right now. Uh, but ultimately, talking about 
the mental health of your employees is incredibly important. Right, yeah. but when we are hitting into economic downturn, doing it because you feel you have to is not helping anybody, right. and that's where I think thought leadership gets blurry. That's not real thought leadership. Yeah, you know, you want nuggets, all right, and you want consistent nuggets that create value. And I think the biggest thing I've seen is, you know, for true thought leadership, it should be about the recipient, the reader, or the sure. listener, or whatever it is, not about you. If you're doing it to promote, that's not really thought leadership. You know, what is it that you're bringing to someone else that they can use? For sure. And For sure. Because it's, 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 it's hard to misinterpret that. If you're clear with that, it's hard to misinterpret it. And that's the thing about thought leadership is it could often be misinterpreted. The, the Internet is the Wild West. The yeah. character you are, you almost create an avatar of yourself. And yeah. the character in which you are, and I was joking with somebody about this today. I was talking to my sales guys. And I was like, guys, you have a background to make yourself whatever you want to be. Because you know why? Most people don't give a poop about what I talk about. But when I talk about marketing around the Braves in Georgia, right. all of a sudden their heads pop up and perk because I'm connecting a business aspect to something that touches them personally. That is how you use thought leadership. Right. It's not always what you think. It's how do you connect with people and something they do. And luckily, sports is a, is a it brings people together and if you can touch those those heart points about sports and use it to talk about business that's how i've been able to kind of make a foothold on linkedin and everybody in this building has the opportunity to do it. now is that thought leadership i think it, it starts out right. not that way but if you do it for long enough in the right way it becomes thought leadership and i think that's yeah. that's what people have to understand that's the other thing if you think you're going to wake up and start being a thought leader, you're insane. It's going to yeah. take eight months of grueling work before you even feel a, an ounce of success from it. Well, as, as you know, I mean, I, you know, I started with the LinkedIn videos back during the pandemic, and it was really just it was a void at that point. As sure. you were saying earlier, you know, we weren't getting out, but it was twice a week. Sure. Um, and then we also I was putting out uh, usually a, might be an article someone else wrote before I started writing my own content, but. Um, you know, did it for two years. I mean, I have 130 videos or something, you know, like that. And, um, you know, I think the early success was kind of there because there was that window. Sure. Right. Sure. But then, you know, the true, you know, getting people to respond, bringing people into the dialogue. And I think that's a key sure. part of it. If you're on social media is, you know, bringing others in the dialogue. It's not just you. How do you bring experts in to for talk sure. about, um, you know, whatever it is, employee mental health for or sure. uh, marketing in our case for or sales sure. and marketing alignment. It so, has, it, how do these all, all these things work together? Yeah. And uh, I think the more you can do that, the more you're consistent. It goes back to brand. Yeah. You know, those are the things that uh, you want to do. And guess what? You, you've got to be across um, multiple platforms. For okay, sure. that doesn't mean everything. For you sure. Know, where are you, where is your audience? Where are you going to hit? For sure. Um, you know, and and you know, take it from there. I mean, a lot of B two B companies they focus on things like, oh, well, let's do a white paper, um, but those are hard to do, and maybe we only do two a year. That's fine. Yeah. Um, use those, but then how do you take those in snippets, and how do you build off that? Yeah. So so you know, quick couple of recommendations. So if you are a thought leader. If you f fancy yourself a thought leader, great. If you don't, you know, the, just a couple of ideas of do's and don'ts, I guess I would say. Um, the first don't is don't bash your competitors. Yes. Uh, thought leaders Absolutely. do not come on screen and bash their competitors. Uh, one, there's a way to do it without bashing them. Two, the rising tide usually lifts all ships. And if you're bashing somebody in your category, you're going to be yeah. a detriment to the category in which of what you're selling. So I think that's the first one ultimately is, is do 
not bash. Thought leadership does not mean saying negative things about other people. Um, yeah. You know, the second one I got, and then I'll turn it over to you, um, is is it's got to be a two-way conversation. I find that I learn more, people learn more, you will do better if you spark debate other than you talk down and speak directly to people. Um, you know, we have two sales meetings in this office. One of their sales meetings is kind of the stand up, tell everybody what's going on. The other one is I, I want you to challenge me. I'm going to win, but I want you to, cha- <laughs> I want you to challenge me um, so much so that we got in a fight over an algorithm versus a formula. Uh, we, were, we were all wrong, but, yeah. but I'm saying those are the kind of things, you know, that's thinking out of the box, man. If you can get thought leaders and you can get people to challenge you, win or lose, I think that's real thought leadership because, you know, everyone's going for, you should want people to come for you. The best people, imitation is the finest form of flattery, should be coming after you, and that's when you're a real thought leader. Yeah, I mean, we're, look, we all only have a certain amount of time. I'm going to spend the time with things that I can learn about. Right. And, and show value to me. So that goes back to the audience, um, to the fact that, yeah, create some debate, create some interest and uh, utilize that um, because that's where I want to spend my time. I don't want to just check the box, check the box, check the box. You know, that's funny, et cetera. So um, and I think that's, you know, the fact that y- you need to have, you know, that expertise, but you also need to be a little original. Sure. Right. And, and it doesn't mean you have to be, you know, crazy, creative or whatever. It's just, you know, be authentic, be original and um, bring that out. And it's not just this cookie cutter platform that uh, some use, you know, or right. just say, hey, I see everyone else doing a video and uh, they got a, you know, a screen behind them or whatever. You know, eh, don't sell, you know, don't sell your, your product necessarily behind you. Sell the fact that you're bringing something of interest and um, make it about the knowledge not about the the brand and the selling. Sure. That's what comes in later. And that's a pretty easy thing to see. I remember when I started doing, you know, my LinkedIn stuff, it was always somebody who was trying to sell me something that was engaging with my posts. Yeah. And at some point I was like, this is not what I want this to be because right. like these people have no real interest. They're just liking it because they're trying to sell me something. Which, you know, fine. It starts there. Yeah. I'm in a position where I could buy things. So great. Uh, but but yeah, I agree with that. I think that originality is really hard. And original doesn't mean it has to be completely the most far fetched absurd thing in the world, but you're spinning on it has to be original. And maybe you're talking from a position of doing something unique. Um, and also, don't talk about, if you're a plumber, you don't always have to talk about plumbing. There are other things you could talk about to be a thought leader because, you know what, sometimes it's the advice you give on other things that make people want to work with you. One of the things we've Whoa. stumbled upon is in the past couple of weeks, I've helped like three or four different people with intellectual property debates. And they're signing yeah. these contracts. And I'm like, well, let me help you. And like, what do you know about intellectual property? I'm like, you know what? I didn't really know I was, but I've written six contracts, all of which have pretty insane intellectual property. And you know what? Intellectual property with the University of Georgia pretty much needs a Harvard law degree to figure yeah. it out the way it's written. So that is why. And then all of a sudden now, you don't think these clients are going to renew marketing campaigns if I'm yeah. offering them legal services on IP? I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that is it, – it'll help you to be able to speak on not just your business, but how your business affects and works with other things. Well, and you can do it with things that um, – you if you know your audience, well, and again, what you want to give them is things that uh, they value, even if it's not your services, but you know them well and you can tie it in. Um, they sure. have a higher level of view. So uh, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, one of my clients, it's a pond management, lake management company. And um, yeah, so they, you know, they do fishery management. Yep. They do, you know, keeping algae bloom and all that out. But we've talked about it certain times of the year to give advice on, you know, fishing. Guess what? 
pretty much most of their clients, you know, that's why that's why they're, if you're getting into overlap, management, yeah, for right? sure. It has for nothing sure. to do for with sure. their services, but for it's sure. just guess what? People want to get some tips about now's the time to use, you know, if you're looking for stripers or whatever, now's the time to use live bait versus worms or whatever. I said Every now and then, just a few of those that tie into your audience. If you know your audience well, it doesn't always have to be selling. It's information that they're going to jump on and use. Yes, there's nothing sexy about pond management. No. Right? But just for some people to go out and go out and for a day, drink a couple beers and go fishing is like the dream of their lives. Yeah. So do they overlap? Much more than we probably think they do. So, you know, again, that's where I get to be a little lucky is I lean on the sports aspect that people love. Right. I'm not going in there and talking about a cost per thousand. I'm talking about how this affects the Braves Radio Network and all these impressions coming in, all this psychographic data that I get yeah. relevant to a Braves fan, something people can connect to. So that's another great point is leave that comfort zone and use things. Things that you believe your listeners or your people Boom. or your want to be around, it's an easier way to seem more human and relate to them. Yeah, and I, you know, I tell them, and I said, look, you can run this one every year at Christmas time, you know, but there's benefits. There's a how-to's of should you take your live Christmas tree and put it in a lake? Is that a fish habitat? You know, again, those are things that users can do. I've never how had you, that thought in my head about right. putting. I don't have a well, lake, but I yeah, but, that, but I mean, but those yeah, are fun. things yeah. that again, sure. Look, they're not going to get the service for it, but again, it connects that sure. here's something that can help the health of a lake or not help the health, depending on how you do it. They, you know, and so they're just little things that sometimes, um, you know, you can do to help build that brand, yes. and build the thought leadership. And guess what? Then the time that you want to be, you know, again, not selling, but a little more hard hitting with um, why you need a certain type of for service. Sure. You've qualified yourself. You've gotten credibility. You've got to build that equity for, for sure. Yeah. So. So um, what are there, you know, let's take a few minutes uh, for uh, the break and talk about some of the maybe uh, fails you've seen recently in uh, thought leadership and uh, yeah. content. Because right. so there's, there's plenty of there's them out one there. that just drives me crazy. Um, I'm not going to go into the, I don't want to name the client. <laughs> it's not a client of mine. And it's someone who I actually, we, we turned away because I was so turned off by this. But there's a lawyer that is just, I mean, had to drop a couple hundred grand on professionally created content, putting yeah. it out there all very self-boasting and very, like lawyers do. I mean, they love seeing themselves on Billboard. I get it. But it is just always very slow, like, and it's always cut. It's never a straight shot. And you just sell how overproduced it is. Yeah. And, and it, if you're not getting attention really quick, no one knows. So it just looks like this guy talking to people who don't want to hear him. No engagement, no likes, but just consistently posting. I'm talking three a day, getting one like, one share. And wow. if you look even deeper, it's their own employees that are doing it and sharing it. And yeah. Again, lawyer is one of those things. Your face is on a billboard. People think you're qualified to be a lawyer. Let's call let's call it what it is. But it is, it turns me off so much yeah. that we actually turned away the business because I didn't think it would be a positive to associate with that. So well, and for work- your other clients too. I mean, how would you like to be the person who runs after them? I. I- I get that that is the difference between B2B and B2C. Yeah. He's, he's pulling off his intention of B2C. Yeah. You know, lawyers don't exactly target the highest standing people in society most of the yeah. times. Again, so he's accomplishing it. But he's turned himself off to the B2B people, to the smart ones at least. So that's a, it's a great point. I didn't purposely mean to make it. But yeah. the, the B2C and B2B should usually align. And this thought leadership really turned off. And I'm not the only person that said it. I had multiple people say the same thing. Um, and one is because he's paying also for sponsored posts, which makes it that much worse. Uh, if you're paying and you're only getting one like, and man, you something's broken. It's, it's been six months now, so oh wow, very, 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 very poor. Um, and 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 the other thing that just comes to head is is like, 
how much money did mommy and daddy give this kid? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it, you're just, I don't see how you could run a business tricking people into work, working with you for the long term. Yeah. And, and mine is in the last 30 seconds here, um, is, you know, look, video's great. Yes, there's a lot of videos out there. I've got a few friends who every time I see their videos on whatever platform it is, I, I go immediately and I see five minutes, seven minutes, whatever. If it's more than three, you're lost. All right. Yeah, really, one to two is ideal. And I'm I'm not always, you know, I'm a culprit. I really target that two to 20. But, um, man, when I see a five to seven minute, I just, I, I don't care what it is. Put the best two minutes into a video and then click over to YouTube to show the rest. Yeah. You want people to see your full video if they care, but you're not going to get anyone's attention on a nine and a half minute LinkedIn video. It just doesn't, it just doesn't work that yeah, way. Absolutely. It doesn't so, work that way. Yeah. Well, it's uh, great topics. We'll, uh, we'll dive in a little bit more after the break. And you've been listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. We'll be right back. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job here with Nick Constantino of uh, 680 in the uh, Atlanta Braves Radio Network. And we've been talking about uh, your brand, recession, thought leadership, and we're going to wrap it up with uh, one last article that came in this week. And it was essentially defending against consumer trade down. And, you know, the thought most people have is, hey, you know, people are starting to worry about the economy. I've got to worry about my pricing. I've got to worry about the uh, no-name brands, um, you know, or the uh, private brands. And if you've done all the things we're talking about, you know, continue your brand uh, messaging, your brand awareness and investments, um, it's not you against the private brands or you against the discounters. This article says it's best. It's your brand versus itself. You know, and that's, sure. uh, I think that is so true. And, and here are a couple of the reasons why. And, you know, you think about, you know, the worse the economy gets or the worse maybe a crisis happens, um, people have emotional responses, right? And think about Starbucks, right? How many recessions have we been through? Um, you know, since Starbucks really became popular 20, 25 years ago. Yeah, I can imagine it's hard to buy an $8 mocha frappa cheapo pepper bibicino, uh when you're sitting in, in a recession. I can't imagine that to be an easy thing to palate uh, when you're sitting in, in a downturn. Yeah. And I can't even, I haven't even been to a Starbucks since inflation happened. I can't even imagine what some of those venties cost right now. Yeah, but has anyone seen the lines go down? Ever? I mean, that's the point is, you know, you have an emotional response and there's things when things are hard, we all want things that make us feel good. All right. And in Starbucks is, you know, in their mind. And to me, it's crazy. I don't I don't drink coffee to begin with. But to spend five or six dollars on a cup of coffee, I could go do other things. But for the people who have to have their coffee, they'll give up something else for sure to have that. And so that's a case of they don't trade down, they don't lower their prices. Yeah. They don't cut the size of the Vente or, or the Grande or whatever um, because they know that it's their brand. For sure. I think one of the things you've seen over the past, I think it was a reaction in 2008 to the last recession was the diversity of price points. Um, yeah. So one of where things Starbucks wins is like maybe you just switch to a coffee. 
like yeah. a medium coffee is still two fifty. So like having a two fifty and yeah. then a ten dollar benefits you because realistically, how much does it cost to brew a cup of coffee? Like we're not fools either. But at yeah. the same time, if you if everyone's drinking two dollar and fifty cent coffee and sitting for six hours at a Starbucks, you're gonna lose. But at least you have the price points. You know, one of the people that did a really bad job of that, I think was Netflix is a great example of someone oh. fighting against themselves because they they love the smell of their own poop and just believed yeah. all of a sudden that it doesn't matter how high they go, people were going to keep spending. People right. were going to keep spending. And then all of a sudden when inflation happened and they had to check where they were spending it, all of a sudden they're like, I don't need Netflix. Yeah. So now what does Netflix do? Luckily, they're yeah. in a position where they can defense and they can put a new value proposition in with a $5 advertising-based program right. so people can make that own decision. Is the Are the ads worth it for you? That, yeah. that was a reaction, though. That wasn't being proactive. So Netflix had that consumer trade-down by fighting themselves. Yes, did, are there more choices now? Completely. But Netflix used to be $8. It's $22 for the Ultra package now. Yeah. Those, are ver- those are very far cries, and the value proposition of all the content they were making did not, in consumers' minds, keep up with what they were trying to do. So that's a great example of it that you know, I'm curious to see where they go. Yeah. You know, I'm going to wait for the stock to bottom a little bit more before I buy it because those are the kind of companies that don't go bye-bye. Um, but, but honestly, it's, it's a great example of you're fighting against yourself in certain situations. Yeah, and uh, you, know, you really have to think about um, ways that you can tie into the emotional, understand your your customers and tie into that emotional, um, it might be stress or emotional happiness. And that's where you want to go. For sure. Um, You know, because one of the things is um, when we do cut back, that does create stress. You know, this article talks about restraint induces stress. So, um, because we're not used to having to make those type of choices. So you, the ones that you really don't want to have to cut back, you're going to keep doing. Do you feel emotionally tied to that brand, that product, that service? And, you know, I can't live without it if I'm, uh, you know, maybe it's a, a cleaning service or some for, other type of service. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to get rid of other things. For sure. Right? That emotional connection. And, and again, we were talking about authenticity before. It is very hard to fake that emotional connection. Yeah. And I mean, for me, you know, I'm a I'm a watch guy. I'm a watch sucker. And I look back at my eBay right. and I, I mean, I have bought and sold hundreds of thousands of dollars because I buy it in my head. I'm like, oh, my God, this right. is going to be the coolest watch ever. I get it. I wear it. I'm like, eh. Yeah, I just don't have them. And then I'll buy some that are just not a Rolex or not yeah. a Zenith or not these high-end brands that I just fall in love with and I wear forever. Yeah. So, you know, at some point. And know, then when someone says, hey, that's a cool watch, what does that do? It depends. Yeah. If it's yeah. somebody who's wearing a $33 Timex, it probably doesn't have the same uh, connection as someone who's wearing a $12,000 Rolex. But anyway, yeah, yeah I, again, you know, the other thing I'm going to just counter this, I think – you get to a point where some people actually, smart people take emotions out of it and it becomes accounting. And it's just yeah. doing that math. And what is the most expensive? What can I, because that, that is what you're going to see next. I think you right. run with emotion positively, especially when things are going well. But when things right. go bad, you become an accountant. And do you really have an emotional connection to it? And honestly, like, can you live without Netflix? Anybody who tells me no probably has eat, drank some Kool-Aid that they shouldn't have been drinking because you, you can live without Netflix, let's yeah. be honest. Well, and so you bring up a good point. So that gets into the brand and then promotion. All right. So when things do get uh, tough, you know, do you start promoting, discounting and, and those type of things? And I think that's, you know, that's the case of understanding your brand. And I would say in most cases, if there's an emotional attachment, 
you know, you don't want to start promoting from a price standpoint. There might be a different way you can promote. Oh, yes. Right. You can promote. Let's say you're a restaurant. It might be, you know, you want to bring people in and you offer them, you know, free garlic knots or whatever. Yeah. I think we talked about that with Rhino at one point. But um, little things that really don't have a cost but have a value and For a sure. reason reason to bring you back in and not get you into this, oh, 20 percent off sure. if you order 10 or more dollars. Now, now, I will say the the problem there is that. Everybody tries to do that at the same time. And a yeah. great example is cell phone companies, right? I yeah. mean, I thought it was life-changing when all of a sudden you can get Disney Plus for free with Verizon. But the next thing you know, then AT&T is giving yeah. HBO Max and everyone. So so can you give away something that someone else can't easily duplicate right. and be that thought leader, do it quickly enough to make a barrier to entry? Because the last thing you want to do is something that then everybody else is doing. Now, totally. it benefits the consumer because everyone's getting more value. But what is it? What is your value proposition in which you have that other people don't that provides value and doesn't yeah. make you price sensitive is yeah. ultimately what you're trying to accomplish. So much easier said than done. Um, but if you have those things and, and that's something that you already have, yeah. you don't need to be listening to this podcast. I mean, if you already have yourself in a position where you're doing those things right, yeah. then you're you're well ahead of most people. Um, if it's really true. Some people believe that they have a, a certain thing that that's some, over someone else and they don't. So. Yeah. You know, and then and if you don't have uh, have that, that's where, uh, you know, Reach out. Reach out to me at sure. uh, uh, Rand Inc., tjob at randinc.cc, or look me up on LinkedIn as well. Um, you can check out our thought leadership. But, um, you know, I just see it too many times where people think about it as a cost equation versus that yeah. value equation. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's where the brand and your investments in brand um, just help you have that premium position. And guess what? More often than not, the deeply rooted um, brands are the ones that hold themselves through the uh, the downturns better than um, the price, price sure. brands. And from a brand standpoint, the price-sensitive people are usually the biggest pains in the butts. The value-sensitive people are the right ones because if you are value-sensitive, you know, hey, I might be paying 10% more, but, man, they're going to show up on time. They're going to call me. They're going to do my invoice the right way. And I think that's something you age into. I think when you're yeah. young, you don't realize that, but you make that mistake once, just don't make it twice. Yeah. I mean, I remember I tried to drywall myself once, and I was like, this oh, oh, yeah. sucks for the cost of drywall. What why, am I doing? And why I, did I decide to do that? And then I tried to be an electrician and, and cut down said drywall with a, with a um, reciprocating saw, and I went through my return line of my power and should have died. So I'm not an electrician anymore. Let's leave it at that. But there are yeah. certain things that you well, learn. Well, value is value. Yeah. Well, glad you're here, Nick. And uh, as always, it's uh, enjoyable to have you on the show and uh, look forward to uh, continuing to have your uh, your input from time to time. So uh, you've been listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. Uh, have a great week and we'll be back next weekend. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out <sighs> or move there's biking boating arcade games hiking nearby golfing or fly through the new fins up water park thrills chills twists and turns this could be you camp margaritaville at lanier islands an easy one hour drive from atlanta book your stay today at camp margaritaville lanier islands.com
When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer.